Hi, everybody. I'm Sarah Lee Whitson, a director at Dawn Democracy for the Arab World Now, formerly of Human Rights Watch. And I'm here with Mohammed Bazi of uh, uh, New York University, who's just published an important article on the tragic uh, political situation in Lebanon. Thank you, Sarah Lee. Uh, Mohammed, uh, I guess I'll start by asking you some questions, um, maybe just for the benefit of our listeners to summarize um, uh, your article and, and, and its prognosis uh, for Lebanon and, and also give us some insights into the current situation on the ground. Sure. Uh, so I, I wrote about the roots of, uh, of the sectarian system in Lebanon and, and the ways they're connected and the ways that really underlie uh, what took place um, on August 4th with the massive explosion that uh, killed several hundred people, injured thousands of people, and really left about a quarter million people homeless in Beirut. It was um, probably the worst um, explosion in Lebanon's history um, and, and the worst kind of death toll um, in a single day. And uh, a lot of a lot of this goes back to um, kind of a history of, of negligence and ineptitude by the government, but not just um, standard negligence and not just standard ineptitude, but a lot of it rooted in how the sectarian system in Lebanon, that's, that's fairly unique to Lebanon in the ways that 18 sects share power, um, and, and divvy up power and divvy up the spoils of the state um, and create a very weak state uh, that absolves itself of a lot of basic responsibilities. Um, and then the parties and factions that underlie this system also get to absolve themselves of basic responsibilities uh, because they can blame everyone else. They can blame all the other factions and all, all the other parties and competitors uh, for when things go wrong. And, and that's essentially what's happened in, in the three weeks since the explosion. Uh, no one has taken responsibility. Um, there is a supposed inquiry taking place. Um, the government, um, the cabinet has resigned. That is, there's one, one section, one segment of the, the ruling class that has taken responsibility. Um, but that's not as, as big of a deal as, as it sounds, because ultimately, um, the political actors and the sectarian leaders are mobilizing again to create a new government um, and one that will likely look a lot like the old governments and, and the old cabinets we've seen in Lebanon for a long time. Um, the silver lining of all this, of course, may be that uh, uh, given the failed state that is effectively Lebanon or showing itself to be a failed state, um, there uh, are some strong demands for a, a massive overhaul of, of the system. Are there any realistic proposals on the table that can break through the uh, sectarian slash mafioso divvying up of, of um, this poor state? I think one of the most interesting proposals has been put forth by some um, Lebanese activists and academics, uh, which is a, a even a short-term proposal, because the longer-term proposals to really upend the entire sectarian system will take a lot of time and a lot of effort to, um, especially to push out the sectarian leaders that have hung on for so long. Uh, but this, but this interesting shorter-term proposal is 
uh, targeted at this immediate government, the, the next cabinet that would be formed that needs to be formed to replace the one that has just resigned. Um, and this proposal really centers on this on this cabinet having legislative powers um, in ways that cabinets in Lebanon don't normally have that kind of power. It would it's it's still a stretch because the president has to agree and and the parliament, especially the parliament, has to agree. Um, and giving it less legislative powers and oversight over, for example, um, a new election law, which has been a big problem in Lebanon. The election laws uh, tend to be gerrymandered and tend to not help people participate. So that that's I think the, one of the best possible proposals that can help bring Lebanon out of this very dark path. Um, Sarah, can I ask you a question before we run out of time, Sarah Lee, which is what you make of um, the human rights situation and the civil society mobilization after the explosion? Um, well, I, I, I always like to say that, that the, the um, uh, silver lining of the weakness of the Lebanese government um, of its uh, multiple divisions is that it therefore creates space uh, for civil society to have a voice and to have relative freedom. Um, that's why uh, Lebanon has remained the cultural hub, uh, in some ways the intellectual hub, a refugee hub, um, because there is uh, much less government control over speech and expression, uh, personal expression, political expression, social expression, uh, than there is in some of the more centralized power authoritarian states uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, and that that has been the luster uh, uh, of Lebanon. And, and it really is civil society that's taken the forefront of trying to tackle some of the most important problems uh, in the country, both in terms of political reform, but even in terms of social services, like the garbage crisis, the environmental crisis, and so on. Uh, and so, in a sense, the weakness of the government has made possible um, the gift of the talent and genius of the Lebanese